Hello, hello, folks, and welcome back here to Ryan's Real Irish podcast of Living the Dream season two, and that's what it's all about. Obviously, is living the dream and uh, following your hopes and following your ambitions. And today we're going to cover a lot about kind of around the mental health section because every person suffers with mental health. It can either be positive or it can be negative mental health in many ways. And it can affect people at different stages in their lives or it can affect people differently of traumatic experiences that went through and things like that on a daily basis, uh, financial difficulties, school, education, bullying, the whole lot. Mental health is kind of such a broad topic and it is it's starting to get talked about a bit more in recent months and recent years than a couple of years ago because back then it wouldn't be known about or it wouldn't have been talked about and you just would have been told, well, that's life and kind of move on with it, you know. But I am glad to announce joining me today is a woman and when I find this woman now I normally don't get the guests on myself normally it's Danny who organized my guests and people who I'm going to interview and things but when I seen this woman at a work and I seen the message she was putting out through Facebook and through social media it kind of stuck with me you know and I turn around and says that'd be a great guest and this woman knows what she's talking about in around the mental health and folks I am delighted to announce the one and only Miss Lynn Monahan. Good morning, Lynn. How are we keeping? Good morning, Ryan. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. That's good. Very that's good. Thanks. So, Lynn. Great you. Thanks. Yeah, you're very welcome. And it's an honour, obviously, to have you on. So, Lynn, take into your first question. Uh, obviously, as I said there before, mental health is such kind of a broad topic on many occasions and it kind of affects so many people in their daily lives. You've worked in this background of mental health and you've got to witness the, the mental health firsthand. What was it like, obviously, working in the sector of mental health and advising people and helping people? How did you brace yourself mentally to deal with other people's mental health? Well, do you know, a lot of the times I would hear people say to me, oh, you're very brave working there. I don't know if I could do that. Do that. How, how do you deal with people's problems day in, day out? And I used to always respond, well, it's the same with anything. Once you're trained and you have the knowledge and you have the know-how, well, then it's a lot easier than, um, than approaching a situation or topic without that knowledge, know-how and training. So I had extensive knowledge um, going back, uh, I suppose I started as a student 20 years ago this year, this month, or qualified this year, this month. No, I would have started, it'll be 20 years that I started going on this year. Um, so that's a lot of training, that's a lot of knowledge. Um, I went through various uh, uh, systems, various uh, training courses, had my degree, got my master's, got my postgraduate. So obviously, being trained in the different modalities and the different approaches, uh, particularly um, the approach of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is recognized as the gold standard intervention worldwide for mental illnesses and particularly anxiety and depression. So that definitely equipped me a lot with um, being able to be on the forefront uh, yeah, and helping people through their own recovery journey. And it's, I guess I turn around and say to anyone that kind of works in the section of mental health, like therapists and things like that, they're, they're, they're really heroes, you know what I mean? And they're heroes without capes because it is a difficult challenge and job because so many different people, like every person, obviously, that walks through these services, doors and things isn't the same person. 
they're not going through the same problem with mental health it, it can be different topics and it can affect them differently obviously something kind of encouraged you or pushed you well like this is kind of this is the role I want to take this is I want to go down and get my degree in like around mental health I want to work with people with mental health what was that push or drive for you? Well I'd say Ryan and my 17 year old 18 year old self my mother (laughs) 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 so I think at the start I was like that's entirely not what I want to do and also uh, living in Galway I wanted to go to college in Galway so um to be honest, it was probably uh, outside different factors that influenced uh, my decision to go down that road. But obviously, once I went down that road and got into it, I, I realized my passion for it. So um, somewhere along the line, somebody was pushing my mother in the right direction towards me. And today, where I am um, and the approach that I take and, uh, and how I work now, all that background and all that experience in mental health was obviously my journey to um, being where I am now, um, helping people with, with with their own mental well-being. So, yeah, that's that's the answer. It wasn't really my decision to begin with, <laughs> but it was the right decision. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love the you gotta love the Irish mummies, don't you? And their their persuasion. Oh, I think you should go down into this career now. You know, that's that's the one to go into. And uh, majority of the times they are right. It, it it does suit the person, and you like. There's so many careers out there, and things that you might not think you have an interest in, or be like, well, that's not really what I want to do. And then you actually go and do it, and you love it. You're like, I feel at home. This is what I actually love doing now. You know what I mean? And it's kind of it's either that or it's kind of bed into you're like, well, this is what I'm stuck in doing. You know, <laughs> I have no other choice now. And uh, obviously, with been studying and things like that there in college down in Galway. And I have to say, a lovely part of the country, Galway. Big shout out to Galway. Love it, so I do. So, was it tough? Like, you know what I mean? Because obviously, when you're when you're studying in general, it's, it can be very difficult. I know myself now, I could never, you'll never see me with my head in a book. You know what I mean? Because I hate studying. Yeah, I'd rather talk, I'd rather talk to people, do something. But was it difficult? To, like, say if there's a young person listening in now that's maybe saying, well, maybe I want to take that route of mental health and things like that, helping people. What kind of tips or advice would you give them for going down the road into college and stuff? Maybe you'd do differently this a second time around or that? That I would do a second time around? Well, I suppose what I wanted to go into, it's funny, Ryan, I, I don't think that there's anything really set in stone. And every, every journey you take, there's an opportunity for a lesson and an experience. Um, every experience has a lesson and... Um, Every experience has an opportunity because I suppose I wanted to do business and of course the, the usual, well, that's not a pensionable job and that's not this. And that was my passion business. It could really stand to me now, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think your question is, is very important. I One person's experience can never be another person's experience. Yes, we can look to people for for um advice and we can look for people uh to to help us and guide us but at the end of the day i think what's so so important is that you listen to what you want and this is actually this is what what's really really um a really important point to me because 
when, so I spent many years working in mental health and the former part of that was, uh, the former five years of that was working in primary care in the community in GP surgeries, working with people, assessing people, triaging people and um, that presented with anxiety, depression and suicide. Um, and what was really evident to me in that was, and I speak about this, um, uh, when, when I look back at why I felt disconnected in my in my role as a mental health nurse, what was very evident when I was working with people, particularly in the community, is so it was an assessment triage job. Um, was that people were completely dissatisfied with life for two main reasons that I noticed. My own private research was that they had no sense of self. And they had no sense of purpose. So, um, and when I went back to speak to the GPs when I decided to move away from the, the, the HSC and the mental health, my mental health, my role as a mental health nurse, when I went back to speak to the GPs, I put it like this to them. I said, did you have anybody ever come in looking for help and support for their mental health that had a good sense of self? and had a clear purpose and direction in their life. And I almost got like a, like a, a blank stare because like it, it took them away and I was like, no. And I said, okay, look at it to the other side. Do you ever have anybody come in who had a good sense of self and a clear, definite purpose about their life and life and was anxious and depressed and suicidal? No. So then it became very clear to me, and obviously I was assessing, assessing, assessing the same things yes. that were coming up. People had no clear, had no stable, confident assurance about who they were and themselves, and what was the purpose of their life, what was the purpose of living, what they wanted to do, what their heart's desire was, what their passion was. And it kind of feeds back a little bit back into what I said, you know, when you're younger, you're like, you must do this. You should do this. You have to do this. Of course. And then when when we're brought up in a society um, or in a system like that, we lose our, 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 our ability to listen to our intuition. Yeah. We lose our ability to heed the, the signs and the feelings of what it is like to be us and what is unique and important to us. And that is literally intuition. That's to be able to read your own, your own signs in where to go, to be confident in knowing in your own knowing. And that intuition belongs in every single one of us, but it's like any other aspect of us. If it's not used, we lose it. Yeah. Um, so going back to your question, what advice would I give anybody in that regards is follow your heart. And that's really hard to do when, say, you go into systems of schools and you come from your family tribe and um, X, Y, and Z was this and you must be this or X, Y, and Z wasn't, was this and it was terrible so you can't be this. And it's like all these rules about living, yeah. all these like, categories and blocking and um, and minimizing what people and how people should be, I think, causes people to be in a friction and internal conflict with themselves. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, 
regardless of what somebody else wants you to do, you follow your heart. If it makes you, if that's what you're like is bursting that passion and desire inside you, regardless if it's not a pensionable job, regardless yeah. if it's not one of those things that society must say you have to have to feel safe and yeah. secure and succeed in life. I really am passionate about believing that if you follow your heart, you can never go wrong in this world. Yeah. Because each one of us are uniquely individually designed for something. Exactly. And if you follow that, regardless whether it's going get your your letters and your numbers behind you doing numerous college courses, because that's how I was, that's how I my mindset was built, is that you must get a good education. Like it was drilled into us, you must get a good education. You really have no status, you really have no purpose without a good education. Whereas really what I'm at in my life now. I never need masters and postgraduates and degrees, to be honest. Now, going down that road has hugely facilitated me in being at the level that I'm at now in relation to what I'm doing now. It's not always for everyone and not it's not one size fits all. But unfortunately, when we come into this world as spiritual beings in the human body, when we come into our physical existence, we start off with all these rules of how it must be and how we have to be. And if they don't fit with the or with the with the genuine true purpose of the individual, well, then it sets up extreme internal conflict with the person, and it's like a constant like a grind in life. So, really, back to a long, long winded answer to your question is. Follow your heart. Look at people. And this was, I've heard plenty of my mentors saying this, and I think it's really powerful. Look at people who are, who have what you want. Yeah. Okay. And end with them. Imitate them. Like success leaves clues. See what they're doing and how they got there. And, and everybody's individual. That's not taken away for your, from your individuality yeah. and your true purpose and your uniqueness. But success in all areas of life, regardless whether it's health, happiness, mental well-being, um, career, relationships, relationships is a huge thing. Yeah. Success leaves clues. Exactly. Look at people that you admire that have what you want and ask, what are they doing that I can take on? Because instead of reinventing the wheel and making it difficult for yourself, just see where the clues are. So in that, it's like, literally, yeah, follow your heart, do what you desire. And that can be difficult when it's you against a crowd, when it's you against mom and dad and <laughs> teachers and everything else that we all have to experience. Those experiences are also what shape us and make us the person we are. So I don't take away, I don't take away from that, but it's literally, you have to become true to yourself. Yeah, no, and it's it's lovely kind of message that you put out there, you know what I mean? Because not many people, personally myself now, I wouldn't look, I never looked at it as such a way that as you would prescribe, say there to me, you know what I mean? That basically we're all, we're all individuals and things like that there. And it is. And now that, and that the fact that you pointed that out, it is so true when you actually sit and look at it. We're all here in this country, you know what I mean? We're all human stuff. And it's kind of like, all the same thing. Everyone's going for the same thing at a young age. Oh, well, you have to do sit to leave and cert. You have to go out there, get a high education, get a master's to make money. You know what I mean? As I turn around and said, once people are living confident and they're relaxed, they're taking in a bit of money 
and the bills you're not get, are getting paid, then that's if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. And it is great. And I'm going to take you into a, a very important question here because uh, obviously politicians, now if to all the politicians are listening, I have interviewed politicians before and things. And with politicians, I don't think, majority of them aren't for mental health and things like that. Do you think currently that there is enough support, enough services in Ireland for people who are suffering from mental health on a daily basis or on a regular basis, the likes of CAMS for children and young people, do you think there is enough of them services out there being provided? From my experience, no. But it's a bigger picture. Um, you know, working in the mental health services, the mental health services are really overloaded with a lot of the stuff that um, really belongs to um, to primary care and community. And the reason why the mental health services are overloaded that way is because those resources don't exist. Not that they don't exist, but the quantity needed isn't out there um, to, to manage what we can manage on a community primary care basis um but also i think it's bigger than that you know there has been a lot of efforts to change it and um, you know we do have counseling and primary care it's uh it's abbreviated 60 i think or is it is it 60 am i saying that right I but that's so, yeah. counseling and primary care um where you can go to your gp and they can refer you to that now again like most public uh, services there's a waiting list and that's not really uh beneficial for somebody struggling with their mental well-being anxiety depression and suicide who cannot function uh, in life and in life yeah. they cannot go to work they cannot engage in the relationships and all that part just exacerbates the problem further now not taking away from um from physical ill health or physical ailments but you know if you've got a pain and you've got a physical condition you can carry yourself around and do things like that but when the mind is gone when yeah. the mental health is challenged it's only a slippery slope when people feel challenged in their day-to-day and stress builds up and there's burnout and they need to remove themselves from from their work environment and then they slowly remove themselves from their social environment and by the time intervention comes around you're at quite a significant stage to try and pull a person back or to help a person get back and not that it doesn't happen but you you just need more resources in in terms of time and uh, sessions and um, people power as opposed to trying to get as much early intervention as possible. And we know early intervention everywhere is crucial. However, what I see is that, you know, we have mental health, and this is a, this is advocated all around the world with um, neuroscientists and psychiatrists, um, that our, our approach, our view and our treatment in mental health is, is proving not to be sufficient. Yeah. Um, when we see significant rises in numbers of um, mental health, mental illnesses, anxieties and depressions and loss of life through suicide, and yeah, we've been through globally tough times, but this issue was here before that. Yeah. Um, the global issues have just highlighted it. 
that that issue has always been there. Um, and those numbers have been rising consistently before any of those global issues were there. The issues with increased mental illnesses, increasing anxieties, increased in psychosis, in, increased in depression, increases in suicide. So we have to ask, it's a bit like Einstein says, you know, uh, uh, what, what's his famous quote? You, you know, if, um, you can't, it, doing the same thing over and over again yeah. and expecting something to change is insanity. So there is a brilliant, you know, there's uh, around uh, Dr. Professor, Professor Harry Croson. He's an American psychiatrist and neuroscientist. Um, actually, he passed away uh, last year, but he was a huge advocate of the rec- uh, the reconditioning of the human condition yeah um and there's a lot of work around i can drop the link here for you if anybody's looking for it around you know the rehabilitation of the human conditioning and what is in that is that and i'll explain how i link this to my own personal experiences and my own personal um work sitting face to face with people but that as humans we completely ignore and disregard such a powerful fundamental aspect of what it is to be human. So largely we exist in the physical body. Largely we exist in this three-dimensional plane where we have our minds and our body. Yeah. Often um, um, more our medicine sees them as quite separate. Or even like if you go to, if you have a problem with your heart, it's like cardiologists, you see the cardiologists, and it's not considered as a whole. Yeah. Okay, and it's like okay, we exist. People see themselves, and people exist largely on this plane on their physical body, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. But from my own massive um, transformation in my own well-being and my own experience of how I now engage in my life and experience life, and how I've seen it for people out there in the community suffering with mental illness, yeah. and then when I work to look into the research and science of this, that it's not new to understand that 90, over 95% of illnesses and diseases are not genetic. And the new science and new research about epigenetics is that we are, our genes are affected, the expression of our genes depends on our perception of our environment. Yeah. So the perception of the environment can be passed on to us through parents and generations, but it's how we perceive our environment is what affects the expression of the proteins of the genes. And proteins are so, proteins are what controls every system in the body. Proteins are the ingredients for, for the, for our mental health neurotransmitters and chemicals. Yeah. So when when we look at okay, what what approach are we taking to mental health? What how are we how are we addressing the, the surge and the rise of figures around mental health out there? What what have we been doing yeah. that's clearly not working? And there's um, a famous psychiatrist. Uh, his name's uh, oh, what is his name again? Um, Thomas Vincent. 
Thomas Insel, and you know he he he's um, a neuroscientist, a neuroscientist and psychiatrist, and he spent most of his year, years into the into the research and science of uh, human condition, brain disorders, brain disorders, and um, he himself states that you know the scientific progress in in this field has been stunning, has been huge, but the public health outcome has gotten worse. And he said, although breakthroughs in other areas of medicine have led to plummeting death rates from heart disease and stroke and infectious diseases, he notes that new insights into the mechanism of mental illness have done little to help the mentally ill. And he, his change to this came when he was doing a presentation or an event. And a man in the audience stood up and asked him, stopped him in the middle of all his presentation of the yeah. lovely, flowery research and science and advancements, and spoke about his schizophrenic son. And what he said to Dr. Insel was, our house is on fire, and you're talking about the chemistry of the paint. And Dr. Insel explains how when he heard that, he was like, he got so defensive. Yeah. But then when he reflected on it, he realized, oh, wow, what is actually happening here? We all, we have these lovely, beautiful um, advancements in research and science when it comes to mental illness. But what's actually happening out there for people struggling with mental illness is very little. So how are we approaching mental illness is the real question how we approach mental health because if we go back to the two aspects that i mentioned Ryan, yeah do you do you have a good sense uh, of yourself and do you have a clear purpose of where you want to go in order for people to understand that about themselves they must take their view away from that they that they exist purely on a physical plane they must understand that they've got a mind that perceives their environment yeah and that perception of your environment will determine the output. So the part of our brain, we've got a conscious brain and an unconscious brain. Our unconscious brain is a collection of data that determines the output, that determines our results and our experiences in life. People need to understand themselves as a conscious and unconscious entity. Knowledge is key. The opposite of knowledge is ignorance. Yeah. If people do not understand the powerhouse that they have at their disposal and their own internal resources to design life and create life and experience life in the way that they desire, yeah. how can they use those phenomenal internal resources to their advantage? So we all have internal resources that we can use to our advantage to create and design life as we want, to stop all the unnecessary suffering of um mental ill health uh and i think that was the most profound shift for me realizing that i was greater than just what my physical body was and um how i existed in that three-dimensional plane yeah. but now i realize that actually we have a powerhouse inside us we have access to so much of our own of our own abilities um and when we tap in, well, first of all, when we understand, understanding is key. When we understand what they are and learn how to tap in and use them, literally anything is possible. Anything is possible because we live in a limitless world. 
But when I go back to what I was speaking about earlier, we don't believe that we do because it's how we're brought into the world with all these conditions, with all these rules, with all these things, um, and with all these um, ways that it should be and things that we can't do and things that we must do. Yeah. And that restricts us as a human being. Whereas, in fact, we live in a universe that's actually limitless. And when we understand ourselves as a human being in relation to that, in relation to what the purpose of life is, like I remember always thinking before myself, what is the purpose of life? Like, why are we here? Oh, nobody knows the purpose of life. Who knows the purpose of life when you're speaking to them? But actually, there is a purpose to life. The purpose to life is to come here to create. The purpose of life, we are creators. And no matter how we experience our life, we must remember that we're creating. And we're either creating a life of self-sabotage and struggle. Yeah. Or we can create a life of joy, success, fulfillment, and happiness. But it all depends on how our system is set up for that. And when I mean what I mean about the system, that there's part of our brain that determines the output. There's part of our brain that determines the results, and that's the unconscious part of the brain. Yeah. The unconscious part of the brain controls 95% of how we experience our life. It controls our thoughts and our feelings and our actions. That part of the brain can be reprogrammed, recoded with information and data that aligns with how we want to experience life. Now, for years, they thought that the brain, it wasn't possible to change the wiring in the brain. But now, categorically, known for decades that it is very possible. They've also known for decades that we're quantum beings. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that we're largely energy. Right? And if, I know if somebody said this to me a couple of years ago, I would be like, wow, that's a bit crazy stuff. That's like... Woo-woo stuff like what's yeah. what are you talking about? I would have been seriously like, okay, I'll just step up over here to what I know. Um, <laughs> but at that time, I didn't realize this is science. Yeah, and it's not it's not new science. So quantum physics um, proved that we were that we are more energy than anything. It used to be believed that our our mass, our matter, creates energy. But now, quantum physics, 1925, 1925, like that's a lot. That's what, nearly 100 years ago. And we're still trying to get it into the mainstream of education for people and for how we deal with with health. Now, it's a lot more advanced in like America, Australia, New Zealand, like professors and doctors and neuroscientists that I that I spoke about earlier well we are miles behind and when we understand ourselves as energetic beings that we're purely energy we also must understand that we are governed by universal laws yeah right and what I mean by that is that it's the same thing as we're governed by gravity right yeah it's the same for everyone everywhere Okay, gravity doesn't decide to change for me just because I made a slip up or I made a mistake. Yeah. It's the same for everyone everywhere. And there's numerous laws of the universe that if we learn how to adapt ourselves to and we learn to use them to our benefit as being energy beings, then we can have, be and do and experience life in whatever way that we decide we want it. 
yes. if we follow the laws of energy. And everything, and this, this is the thing, you know, people, what's really important to know as well, that every individual is responsible for their own well-being. Yeah. I think we've created a society where there's an expectation, and I would have experienced this a lot, that I'm unwell and I go to the doctor and they must fix me. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I may offend people by saying this, but this is the reality. This is the absolute reality. Nobody can change it or make it better unless you're willing to take on the responsibility yourself. Of course. Everybody has to be accountable. Everybody has to be willing to be the ones to take the persistent, consistent action towards the change that they want to see in their lives. Yes, we have doctors, we have nurses, we have even our friends and supports and community to help us and facilitate us and guide us to get there. Yeah. But you cannot donate all the responsibility to a healthcare profession. You cannot donate all the responsibility to government authorities. Yeah. If the individual person takes that attitude to their well-being, well, then I'm sorry, they will remain stuck. Yeah. They will remain the same. Nothing will change. So we're all accountable for our own health. And when I speak about that part of the brain that controls the output, I can't go in without yeah. your permission and help you change that part of the brain, Ryan, if you're not willing to take okay. the responsibility right. the necessary steps to do that. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Everybody has free will. Everybody has a choice. People don't think that they have a choice, but everybody has a choice. And what is happening is, you know, people, people come from the perspective and understanding of, oh, why is this happening to me? Why is life so tough? Yeah. Why am I always the one to struggle? Why am I always the one to get by luck? And the reality is that when you learn to shift your focus and your attention yeah. from, into a different perspective, because remember I went back to epigenetics, the yeah. more recent science, that it's, it's our perception of our environment that determines the output. If we continue to focus our attention on the perception of things, of the world being unfair, yeah. of um, of always having bad luck, of people not liking me. These are just examples of not being enough. What we what we what we resist will persist. Yeah, we continue and put all our remember all energy. If we continue to focus all our energy on that direction, in that state, well, then we cannot help only but create more of that. And that's where the individual responsibility comes. Because energy, where energy goes, you'll see growth. It's inevitable. Yeah. When you take your energy and focus away from what you don't want, that has to die. Yeah. It doesn't have a life force anymore. Yeah. So focus is, is, is key and i suppose going back to the question that you answered it really is is the individual willing to take on the responsibility to say this is my health this is my body this is my mind this is my life yeah and yes while i can go to the doctor and i can go to the nurse and i can i can expect um governments and politicians you may be waiting a long time and life is short yeah that's very true <laughs> But if you continue to have your life absorbed in that energy, in that state, 
you will continue to experience that. And part of the energy of how we exist, uh, how energy is, you can never be in two states at the same time, right? Yeah. So you're in the state of life is unfair, and um, uh, I'm always so unlucky, and people are always so mean and judgmental and critical. Yeah. Well, then you cannot be in the state of fulfillment, growth, advancement, and joy. It's energy. It cannot happen that way. It's the same yeah. thing as saying, Ryan, that you know, uh, uh, you cannot have on and off at the same time. Yeah. You cannot have light and darkness at the same time. You cannot have up and down at the same time. Two opposing things cannot exist at the same time. Yeah. And when I speak about a person's uh, responsibility for their own their own welfare, I really suggest getting into the knowledge of who you really are as a human being because we are more than our physical bodies and our mental minds. Yeah. There's something greater. We exist as spiritual beings on this plane. And as I said, I know if somebody said that to me years ago, I'd be like, what? Holy moly. And I know in nursing, yeah. a part of assessment would be, what's this? Spirituality was, you know, the topic. And we were just taught to see spirituality as in, what's your religion? Yeah. And anything beyond that, it was like, oh, wow, well, they believe in energy and maybe that's half the problem to their mental illness kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. We have no clue of ourselves as spiritual beings existing in this physical body. Yeah. And it's the same thing as saying, uh, we're all part of this universe, we're all part of nature, okay? If you look at other parts of nature, like say, for example, how, um, how summer will always follow spring. Yeah. If you look at things like how birds instinctively know to flock to different parts of the world at different times, this never fails. This order never fails. If you see like a squirrel that's born in in summertime, instinctively knows that they must gather nuts to hibernate for the winter. Yeah. We have got those internal instincts within us. We are part of that whole creation of nature. Yeah. And once we understand ourselves as existing with those qualities, with those internal resources, with the powerhouse of the ability to have, be, and do whatever we want. Yeah. Well, then we take on the responsibility because we're like, hell yeah, this is who actually I am. Yeah. This is how I can change things around for myself. This is how I can create a life that I love. Yeah. This is how I can live a life of health and vitality. When people understand themselves actually in who they are as human beings existing in, in, in this planet, yeah. well, then they want to take on the responsibility. But it's very hard to take on the responsibility when you see yourself just as a physical body suffering with all this pain and stress and overwhelm and burnout and everything that you see as a plethora of issues out there when it comes to mental well-being. So. Of course. And I have to actually say, I'm... I'm I'm flabbergasted, I'm mind blown. I, I am honestly mind blown because when you think of what everything you described, like the power and stuff, the energy and things, these are the things in life that us as humans, we don't, we don't pay attention to. We don't pay enough attention to, to these type of feelings. We don't look as humans, we don't look at the bigger picture. We don't look at why we're here on earth. We're here for a reason, you know, everyone has their own potential to fulfill and we're all unique and stuff. And I think us as humans, we don't kind of take the time out to sit back 
and look at the bigger picture. Look at, well, why is this mental health a problem? Because at the end of the day, doctors, as you were saying, doctors and nurses, you can go in there with a broken arm or a broken leg and you can uh, be able to fix it, no bother. And But it's up to you to have the willpower and stuff to heal yourself. It's kind of the same with mental health. With the brain and with mental health, these nursing doctors, yes, you can prescribe medication, but you physically have to do it yourself to change your mental health with obviously with the help and the advice from professionals and giving you the tips and tools on how to conquer that. But as an individual person, like I've overcome mental health issues myself, you have to, you can be given the tools and the tips, but it's up to you to take them tools and tips and find how to fix your own mental health because unfortunately it's not as easy as a broken leg or a dislocated shoulder where you can put back into place you have to work hard and put the time and dedication into doing that so i am actually mind blown and some great facts and you've kind of taught me a few things as well of what way to kind of look at life and i look at life kind of as a very positive aspect side of things you know what i mean Yes, everyone's going to have a bad day, but when I have a bad day, I get back up and get on with it. Because at the end of the day, as you're saying before, life is short. So as my quote is on, on the podcast and stuff, or, is to live every live your live the dream and live every minute and stuff. Because at the end of the day, you don't know when it's going to be your last. And as I turn around and said, and I'm going to bring you on to a next question because some people can struggle with this a lot. And from your personal experience, I've suffered mental health myself and things like that. What kind of tips or tools, say if there's someone suffering there in science with the mental health or they're just having a negative kind of aspect to life, things are getting them down. Obviously, with the cost of living and everything happening now, financial problems can have a big impact on people while feeling down and feeling depressed and having anxiety and stuff. What kind of tips and tools would you give them to show them on how to find them in ourselves, how to find this powerhouse, how to find this positive energy and get rid of that negativity? Okay, so um, it's a great question because um, we are emotional beings. Yeah. What tends to happen when people experience uncomfortable emotions, they want to run away from them. They push them away, they cover them up, they suppress them, and that can be done in numerous ways. Um, and probably the most that we see is around using substances to deal with uncomfortable okay. feelings, using alcohol, drugs, and not even other addictions like um, um, shopping, uh, other addictions, loads of addictions like yeah. shopping, sex, drugs, alcohol, oh, gambling. On. They're all there to avoid the pain. Yes. What I want to say to people is honor your pain and honor your emotions because in pain there's wisdom. Yeah. Our pain and our emotions are our internal guidance system. We have them for a reason. It's no more like you get a physical pain and let's say you ignore that physical pain or you take a paracetamol and say the pain has been acute and it goes away, that's fine. But the pain keeps on reoccurring, reoccurring. You'll take a stronger pain relief and then the pain keeps on reoccurring and gets more intense. And then you realize that your over counter doesn't work. So you're going to go to your GP. They're going to investigate. And if your GP doesn't find what's, um, what, what is the source of the problem, and if they can't help, they're going to refer you on to a specialist and there's going to be further assessment, yeah. intervention, analysis, 
figuring out the source in order to in order to treat the, the, the issue. Yeah, the pain, exactly. And it's no different to when we experience emotional pain, emotional upset, emotional dissatisfaction. What is the source? If we don't understand the source, if we don't get to the source, if we don't get to the root, yeah. well, then we're really, really, really not solving anything. And even the idea, yeah, you take a pain, you take a pain relief to cover up the pain. You take an antidepressant or um, um, uh, medication to cover up the, the symptoms of the emotional pain. It's well and good and it, it has its place, particularly if people are more on the extreme end of the scale, yeah. where they need to neutralize or get some balance that emotional state in order to be able to use their own mind and their own internal resources to get to get on top and get involved themselves. Yeah. But when we continuously over rely, it's no different to using uh, shopping, drugs, sex, alcohol, gambling to cover up the pain because take away the tablet and what's there the pain so have we really dealt with anything so it's to start saying my emotions are important they're telling me something they're a signal that there's something wrong yeah and then in order to in order to um process that and in order for that to be done in a healthy safe manner Seek somebody that's experienced in doing that because we are designed when we're in the picture not to see the frame. Or when we're in the frame, we can't see the picture. We're designed that way. It helps us cope. So having a guide, having a coach, having a mentor, having whoever you find that's your fit because everybody is going to click with people people differently. Yeah. Um, So... It's so necessary to help somebody navigate you towards the steps that are necessary because we're in the muck. It's hard to get out of it. It kind of feels like quicksand. So I think it's a huge message to people. Stop ignoring your emotions. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They're there for a reason. Our system is literally saying, knock, knock, wake up. Something needs to change. Something is not working for you. You're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. You need to pay attention. And paying attention, bringing awareness and bringing knowledge is key. And if you need something to help you navigate that, get somebody on board. Okay, if you can't see what's going on, get somebody on board. But when you notice in your life that there's two, that there's an, an excess, most people like um, a social drink, most people like to shop, etc., etc. But when it's interfering in the quality of your life and it's controlling you, well, then that's where it's very clearly evident that there's an issue. Yeah. Listen to your emotions. They're there to signal to you that there's something wrong. And when you start paying attention, and like you said, Ryan, it does take the time and the practice because it's a skill. Yeah. If we're used to ignoring our emotions, it means that we haven't been taught how to deal with mm-hmm. our emotions in a healthy and productive way. That needs to be learned. Yeah. A lot of the time people want the quick fix. There is no quick fix to anything, Ryan. If you really consider to have a successful outcome, if you consider anything that you're trying to learn new, Okay. Yeah. Most people drive, even going back to being a kid, trying to learn how, how to ride a bike. You have to learn the processes and it, you're going to get up and you're going to fall down and it's going to feel icky and it's going to feel frustration and it's going to feel annoying and you're going to want to throw the towel in and you're going to want to say, oh, fuck this. And <laughs> yeah. Excuse my language. But 
that's how anything new that's the process of creating something new and something different but most people don't realize that yeah so if you're if you're coming from a place where you're struggling with your mental well-being and it feels like a state of like suffering and pain the whole time you can categorically 100% for everybody get over into a place where you have achievement, fulfillment, um, desire and joy and satisfaction. 100%. Yeah. Okay? It's real. It can happen. <laughs> However, you must be willing to know that when you're trying to achieve or create anything in life, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Okay? Even if you decide you want to take up painting. Okay, you go and you're with your easel and your paint and your and your brush and you're like, oh, I'm really crap at this. <laughs> yeah. And you want to get a painting, okay? If you drop the easel and the paint and the brush at the very start, you'll never get good. You stay stuck. You yeah. stay where you are. However, if you're willing to put in the consistency, the consistency and the persistence, and you're you're willing to take deliberate action towards where you want to go, anything is possible. But people must realize that that is necessary. There is no other way to it unless you want to suppress it with things like medication, alcohol, which I do not recommend. And no. um, of course, as I said, medication has its place. But at the end of the day, if you use medication to cover up symptoms of anxiety and depression and mental illnesses, well, then essentially what happened, what, what, what's quite common is you need more of those medications. You need additional medications. You need different medications. Those medications might come off the market. The new medications might work for you. And I'm not saying don't take your medication or come off your medication just as a disclaimer. Absolutely no way. Yeah. But you have to realize that there's another way. You have to realize that you're a powerhouse and those internal resources to solve the issue yourself and create what you want to create comes from what inside you. And the first step is realizing that you're an emotional being. Yeah. And that your emotions, when you continue to run away and suppress them and avoid them and ignore them, the issues will never get solved because that's your internal guidance system. It's your internal reference system. Yeah. So other things that are so, so important, of course, is like hydration is so, so important. Dehydration is an absolute killer for feeling good. Good nutrition, good sleep. Yeah. The real basics that are repeated over and over again, but I can tell you from a personal point of view, if I do not have good sleep, which I don't over the last two years because I have two babies that um, are asleep, but, um, and that's how I know that sleep is so, so important. But even from a medical standpoint of view or even from a professional standpoint of view, when people, when, when I see people, they'd be quite unwell, they haven't slept for days, they're so stressed, stress affects sleep and vice versa, it's a two-way process, or even people that come into hospital for admission, once they get a good night's sleep, they're things are so much better. And then when you don't sleep well, yeah. Then that affects how you feel, it affects what you eat, it affects what you do. So sleep hygiene is key, and there's loads of things. Go onto the internet and find about your sleep hygiene, like removing devices late at night. Set yourself a definite time for when you go to bed and when you get up. Make sure you're not having excess of caffeine into your diet. Make sure you're not having ex excess of sugar processed foods. All those things are so important, and they're the base because 
Although we are a phenomenal individual powerhouse of internal resources and our intuition is key to driving what we want in life, yeah. we also have to acknowledge that we're also physical beings and we have to mind the physical body in order to get the best out of it. And exercises like meditation and breathing, breathing is so important. A lot of the time when people are stressed, Ryan, what do they tend to do? They sit there and they're holding everything in here and they're not even using their lungs. <laughs> a basic process in order to balance and find equilibrium in the system. And that can exacerbate feelings of anxiety and stuff. So like you're breathing, you're asleep, you're, you're eating well. And people, you know, a lot. what I hear a lot of them, oh, well, I can't afford to eat healthy. Now, listen to me. That's an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It is. It is an excuse. We we design ourselves around excuses and explanations and reasons why we can't do something. Now, we are designed that way because, remember I spoke about the part of the brain, the unconscious part of the brain that holds all the data and how, yeah. how it operates everything? That part of the brain also keeps all the systems like our digest, our digestion, and our digestion, and our heartbeat, and our heart rate, and yeah. balance, and equilibrium, all in order. That job is to keep us safe. It is impartial. It just puts information in and works off that information. The information that gone on, gone into that, although it may not serve as adults, it still thinks that it's safe. So it'll try to use reasons and excuses to defend itself, to keep itself in operation because it thinks it's keeping you safe. So when you find yourself making excuses and reasons, know exactly that's what they are. They're only there to keep you stuck. And I'm sorry, but they are excuses and reasons. So when I talk about eating healthier, make simple shifts like, like it's now said that sugar, if it was introduced now, it would be banned, okay? And it's not by saying, okay, I'm going to eradicate all sugar from my diet. It's not yeah. really about that because that doesn't really work. It's like, okay, well, if I have excessive sugar in my diet, can I not even cut it down or cut it out? Or if I eat excessive amounts of, say, white bread, don't even get me into it. I have a bit of nutrition background as well, but white bread is toxic, okay? So... Whole foods, more whole foods. Okay. Yeah. If I if I survive on takeaways the whole time, okay. If I have got no nutri good nutrition in my, in in my diet, yeah. then I can make little. It's like okay, I'm going to cut out two takeaways a week, <laughs> or I'm going to make an effort because Ryan, this is really important. From our food, we get the essential nutrition to make our mental health neurotransmitters. Yeah. So basically it's saying that you're going to go and make a carrot cake without the carrots. It just doesn't work, right? <laughs> that's, that's the reality. Our nutrition is so important because from that we get the ingredients to make those, um, to, make, to make the essentials in order for our mental health to be good. So there are your basics. And, and that connection is also, that connection support is also key. Connect to people, have a laugh. I know when people feel down, they don't feel like it. There's loads of things we don't feel like doing, but when we do it, it's in the better interest for us. Yeah. Okay? And I think this is another point that people really need to understand as well when it comes to mental health. And, and any success in life, okay? Yeah. Actually, there was a research done on, on the most successful people in the world. And the question was asked, why do successful people like doing things that other people don't like doing? And the answer, Ryan, was like, they don't, but they know where they want to go. 
they know what they want to achieve and they're willing to do anything to get there. To get there. So are you committed to your mental health? Are you committed to designing your life as you want it to be? And if you are, you have to be willing to put in the effort. You have to be willing to do things that may necessarily not be pleasant. But always remember those things that are not pleasant initially always have a longer term outcome. Okay? Exactly. Always have a longer term outcome. And you always, as you said, Ryan, always have to look at the bigger picture. I may not like this, say, for example, meditation. When I feel so busy and I like no more like this morning, I had to get emails out this morning and I woke up a half an hour later because my baby had me up all night and I was like, I had those emails promised to do, but I was... I was like disoriented because I was exhausted. I knew I had to get myself into the right frame. It didn't matter on those emails. That was putting me into action mode. That was putting me into excessive overdrive in my mind. Yeah. I knew I had to take the time out to drink my water, to um, have my cold shower to wake <laughs> me up because I, I, I'm off coffee, but that's another story, okay? <laughs> I know it quite throughout this morning, I tell you. But that's my point. Yeah. I knew that that immediate coffee would give me a bum. Exactly. But I also know for me, particularly, this is not for everybody, the long-term consequences of me um, having coffee. So I done other stuff, okay? Although I knew straight away I would have that immediate gratification and I'd be lifted and I'd be able to go straight into my emails. I knew in the long term it wasn't going to serve me. So I had to have, I had to take time out, I had to have my water, I had to have my coach and I had to do my meditation before I opened up. Yeah. So there's loads of little things, Ryan, that can really be done. And always remember this, it's small hinges that swing big doors. Very true. Okay. Good true statement. It's not that this one big thing is going to change at all. We are complex beings. We do have a mind, body, and soul. And we have to pay attention to all aspects of who we are in order to find balance, in order to find equilibrium in our day-to-day. It sure do. And it's um, so many kind of great points you know about nutrition the whole lot getting a good night's sleep and uh it does it plays kind of the bigger role in life on a and when you wake up and things like that there and being all over the place i don't worry i had the exact same smart this morning but the only difference is i don't have kids to wake up to so thank god for that but <laughs> keep me up but i was all over the place this morning myself but i knew that get a bit of air, get a bit of fresh air and to get back onto track and things like that there and look at my day ahead and my schedule and stuff. But Lynn, yeah. I want to say it's it's incredible that all the skills and of how this ambition came around and how you look at life. It's it is very unique. And I think like all everything else that's going on like in the world currently and stuff, people just need to take them five minutes out five minutes max, take that time out, sit back, look at life, look at things and stop kind of to get rid of the pain as we were talking about with addiction and stuff and replacing it with drugs and alcohol, gambling and stuff. To stop doing that, try to find your inner self, try to find that powerhouse, try to find the unique thing about you and it, it can work for you easily you know what I mean of course and that's kind of the big message I want to put out there to the listeners and Lynn it was an honor having you on here on Ryan's Real Irish podcast and I want to say a huge thank you uh, we have had talking we've t- talking about mental health before we've covered mental health before and it's such a great topic because it's a personal topic to myself 
and that's why I love to talk about mental health and have guests on to talk and share their experiences and skills and stuff and I have to say I'm flabbergasted with your knowledge with everything that you have overcome you've witnessed you may and the skills that how you look at life basically it's something that you wouldn't think on on a daily basis some people wouldn't think of well we're here for the bigger picture we're here for a bigger opportunity you know what i mean people just get up go to work go to school or whatever come back and it's the same daily routine but they don't take that time out to look at why we're actually here so lynn it was a pleasure to have you and i want to say a huge thank you from myself and i know there was a bit of we've we had to reschedule this meeting twice uh so I did and it was true to me being in hospital and stuff and yeah i've uh, that's why i said today i have to get it done today and things and from all the staff around your lawyer should also like to thank you for taking your time out we wish you the very best of luck on uh getting your message out there get getting to help more people and we thank you for helping people because at the end of the day we need more people like you out there sharing these types of messages giving hope showing people look well there's another way to life you just can't see it yet but you have to find it and i think that's what makes life unique and we need more people honest people and sound people like you in this world and sharing such kind messages and looking at life differently because we can all kind of get into a fluster and just all look at life in the same kind of format so i want to say thank you lynn Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Ryan. And just to say, everybody has that unique, individual, different side within. And search for the, for your own uniqueness, which lies within inside you. You know the answers. You just haven't been used to asking. It does take that time and that patience. Um, but keep it up. And it literally takes five minutes each morning to even ask yourself on the way to work, on the way to college, on the way to wherever you're going, whether it's public transport, whether it's sitting in traffic, whether you're taking out a pen and paper saying, what do I truly want? If I had a magic wand and there were no limits, how would I design my life? If I was given a blank canvas, what would I paint? Because when we understand who we are as human beings, we understand that life is limitless. So don't limit yourself. Because that's only a belief, that's only a perception that you have, that you are limited and that life is limitless. And that can change once you start focusing internally and asking all the the, the important questions. So be patient and take your time at it, but be consistent. That is the most important point. Be consistent Um, and have your focus in the right direction and you won't go wrong. So Ryan, if anybody needs any support or um, any information that I've shared here wants to know more, let me know and I can provide the information to you for them or they can contact me um, directly on social media or whatever. Whatever suits people. But what I say is always reach out and everybody has to start somewhere. Of course. The only person you're in competition with is yourself. That's it. Forget everybody else. Yeah, I sure you. Make the first step. A thousand journey begins. A thousand, what did I say? Um, a race of a thousand miles begins with one step, and that's the same for everything. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, and we sure will. And uh, to any of our listeners, if you do need any or want any more information from Lynn and what Lynn was talking about today. Do contact us and things like that. You know how to get in touch, our email, social media platforms. Just 
contact us in and say that you want to find out a bit more information about Lynn's discussion here today and you want to have a chat with Lynn or whatever about how you can change your perspective on life, how you can look at your life differently and how you want to live your life. And uh, we'll get that information to you. As Lynn said, contact her on our social media platforms and obviously we'll be putting up uh, Lynn's anything we see Lynn putting up and things like that there uh, messages of that we will be posting them also onto our social media platforms to kind of show them quotes and motivation talks and things like that there but folks that is all for me today here at Ryan's Real Irish Podcast I want to say a huge thank you to each and every one of you wherever you are stay safe keep her lit and also remember to live the dream and always believe in yourself and that's the main thing and don't ever let anyone tell you you can achieve something because it's absolute bullshit so it is and we will see you back next week folks where i'll be joined by another guest uh yeah well i can't release that yet because the secretary will kill me but uh so have a nice have a nice week folks stay safe and keep her lit thank you bye bye